Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Of a, a lack of care and a lack of understanding and a lack of seeing the humanity of folks who look like Rashida Tlaib. It's outrageous that my colleagues are blatantly, blatantly attempting to silence the only Palestinian American representative right here. Um, it's outrageous, but it's not surprising. And let me tell you, it's not surprising because this place is where 1,700 members of Congress, this elected body, enslaved black people. It's Missouri's very own Cori Bush on the Rashida Tlaib censure yesterday. Okay, before we get Raven's take on that, I do need to fact check myself. I will not be here on Friday. I know I probably freaked out <laughs> for Dr. Ashley Emil because that is next Friday. And she, John Marsh. She joins me. But Friday, uh, John's, got, uh, John's got some stuff lined up. John, tell us what happens here on Friday. Yeah, our buddy uh, Brad Jones from the Missouri chapter, National Federation of Independent Business, will be in the co-host with us sort of on the veterans day eve show state representative uh, jim schulte will swing by about seven o'clock then at eight o'clock brand new jefferson city city administrator brian crane will be in to talk to us presumably about that hotel conference center project we'll even talk to the uh, ems chief about it's that time of year for toys for tots so kind of action-packed on friday little behind-the-scenes peek here over the commercial break. John texted all of us and was like, wait a second, I thought I was hosting Friday. Like I, I, I was bu- like, all right, I got out of it. Like, I booked all these guests. I've been working really hard to get the show prepped. And Stephanie was just confused. I will, um, I'm going to be hanging out in D.C. with some friends, um, the Federalist Society folks, and then my friends at Reason Magazine, so looking forward to that, and we'll, ha- we'll be talking for sure about those folks um, next week. But now, Raven Harrison joins us raven did you hear that audio by our uh missouri congress member cory bush uh thoughts on the censure yesterday oh boy yeah i, I heard some screeching that <laughs> <laughs> sounded a little bit like a, a rant but yeah I, I saw that it's interesting her take on it of considering rashida Tlaib has been running around with palestinian flags parked out front uh they threw paint all these organizers threw paint at the white house vandalized and desecrated statues and you know have been advocating for the eradication and killing of of jews but israel is our ally but she's somehow the victim now in all of this yeah i mean it's uh they almost stormed the white house it looked like i guess that's not an insurrection unless it's you're wearing a red hat uh i guess that changes that equation hey i mean it seems like this uh this issue is really dividing the democrat party what do you hear up there about how the repercussions of this division are going to impact policy going forward in elections next year well it's sweeping i mean you're not getting the the democrats traditionally do not get bad press regardless but there are a ripple effect there is a ripple effect going down the line on this because you had 22 uh that voted with uh the republicans to censure rashida Tlaib yesterday and uh the biggest one out there screaming about how unfair it is you know uh against our allies was elon omar you know right up there leading the charge of the anti-american you know anti-ally you know, rhetoric, and they love their victim card. They really love to scream back when they have no defensible principles on to, uh, you know, oh, well, everybody's a racist. P.S. We mentioned it's Trump's fault. This is where they go with everything. And unfortunately, the people are not 
buying it. This is, this is, we need a new government. We need a reset. And we've got to get these anti-American idiots out of Congress. And Raven, I agree with you. And I, I think we need change. But, and so I, I guess I was shocked at the re- election results from yesterday. I can't, I can't believe people woke up and voted for more of the same and voted for Democrats. Like, I just, I, I still, it's hard for me to compute. Is there any good news out of yesterday? And what are the lessons for conservatives as we approach 2024? Yes and yes. And so I was not surprised because look at where, where is Ronna McDaniel? Where's the GOP on all of this? Where are they out there? I, I actually am winning my pool right now of people who predicted, I predicted a gas leak because they used water leak last time of uh, voting irregularities. That's when we need the GOP on site, not the day of. Where were they in the months before? Pounding the pavement, getting the vote out the way that, that Democrats do. And then you have the conservatives on the other side going, well, that's why I don't vote. You know, tell that to a veteran who's missing their limbs, okay, and and gave everything for your right to do that. If you didn't show up and vote yesterday, then you are part of the problem. You are what's wrong, because this is what it is. You have to get out there. People die for this right. But you have to get out there and be bigger than the cheat. But we need the GOP leadership. Ronald McDaniel needs a retirement party of epic proportion she needs to go home she is not doing anything where were they when the election was stolen where were they you know when all these indictments came up they have been nowhere and then they're surprised well well raven i'm raven Raven, it seems to me that one of the things that's killing us continually as republicans is the lack of early voting i mean it's the law in a lot of these states and the democrats just use it magnificently to their advantage and we have struggled with that intensely in getting early voters out how do we flip the dynamic of this kind of it seems to be very much a conservative republican view that you don't vote early you only vote on election day and by then sometimes it's too late or yesterday we just didn't have great turnout in a lot of places and it killed us well, it's a combination. It's a really good point. I, I, I happen to just slightly disagree. I don't think early voting, because we have all of these things tied into these machines that we know are crooked, we know they're hooked up to the Internet, and we know they're using them to cheat. So I feel like when you early vote, you're giving them the margin that they know they have to print ballots by. I believe that we need to just rush those polls the day of paper ballots, IDs, and I would suggest for conservatives, go into Democrat polling locations and you know because the machines and the republican ones don't work that's been statistically proven but we knew there was going to be some issue they were going to shut down the voting and nobody was on site no attorneys were on site for the gop nothing so what we have to do is be bigger than the cheat and that just goes to show people that it's going to be normal we the people that fix this problem not elected officials they've demonstrated that they're useless so we the people have to get to the line and get it done I do think you bring up a good point, Raven, and just that we have to have people on the ground and observing what's happening in the polling places. And that takes a lot of volunteers. And, um, you know, I, I think in Missouri, we feel pretty good about our election security. Um, I think other states uh, do it less well. Um, but certainly just having eyes on everything uh, certainly helps. We are talking with Raven Harrison. Um, go to RavenHarrison.com. She's got some really great work and you see her on the TV and she writes and she's a, a commentator and I always love getting her take. Raven, talk to us. I know it's something you've talked to us about before, about those people out there who hear all these stories and they see the red, red wave that never materialized. And a lot of folks, unfortunately, I think, have that mindset of throwing up their hands and say, why vote? There's no point in it. Yes. And that's 
what I need to remind people, you are the red wave. You are the red wave. So don't just go vote. Take 10 people with you and you go and you're bigger than the cheat because this is what the essence of losing your freedoms and communism is about. And this is what I saw when my parents were serving is this is what the communist mentality wants. They want to break you psychologically. They want you to believe we're too big. We're too powerful. You can't win. You can't. And I'm telling you, it, it, it's a lie. It is a lie. We are bigger than that. There are more of us than there are of them. So we have to show up. We should. We have empty precinct chair, school boards. People are only focused on the presidency. There's a lot of work to be done, and all of us can have a role. I mean, I've been pounding the pavement. I haven't been home. I've been home three days in the last two months. I've been out there talking about the speaker vote, getting people engaged, and making them realize that it's worth it. That's your freedom. You can't comply your way into freedom. So they're going to make an all-out charge, and we got to be ready to push back that's the reason you don't have a british accent right now speaking of communism and socialism biden's uh, economics are killing us uh, his numbers are down a prominent socialist in california seems to be running for uh maybe president uh and i saw john fetterman even trashed him and said he doesn't have the guts to admit he's running uh are we going to see joe biden on the ballot i said he's not going to be on the ballot the a long time ago and gavin newsom will be but i keep hearing that rumor getting more and more traction now because it's more and more plausible what i think people need to be paying attention to yes the fact that um that Gavin Newsom is in China, you know, I guess explaining how $7 a gallon gas is an awesome thing or whatever it is he's there for. He's probably negotiating a better deal than Biden got. But here's the play. And we saw it from Zelensky a couple of days ago. Zelensky just canceled elections. He's had this war. We have no footage. We're funneling money into this. Thing. And also he just goes, you know what? This is not the time for elections. I have been saying for months, that's the Democrats play here. They've let all these people into our country. We're having uprisings and attacks everywhere. And they're going to use it to shut it down and to sub in Gavin Newsom and going, oh, you know, well, we're going to sub him in and, you know, scapegoat Biden. And they're going to pin everything on him and then make Gavin Newsom the hero or Michelle Obama. And I'm telling you, we have to be ready for that play and ready to push back. The faith without works is dead. All right. I want you to look in your crystal ball. And if you were to predict who comes out tonight, uh, who comes out tonight is the big winner and the big loser of the presidential debate. Uh, Big winner, President Trump. Uh, all day and twice on Sunday because they can't, he's living in all of their heads rent free. Um, they can't get away from him. They can't stop talking about him, attacking him, comparing themselves to him. They just can't help themselves. So I believe President Trump is going to be the big winner because none of them have been able to rise above this. They're all polling in single digits. It's embarrassing. So I don't think there will be a big winner. I think Ron DeSantis will probably hold on to what he's got. As far as the the losers, Chris Christie is ridiculous, and so is uh, Nikki Haley is floundering. I mean, they are all struggling. Vivek Ramaswamy is the only one who has something who can really salvage out of that. But those are the the, uh, big winners and losers. But Trump is going to be if you hear his name more than five times, then he's the winner. So say more about Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm surprised, Raven, to hear that from you. What do you like about him or what do you think he has there? Well, I am a 100% certifiable Trump gal and twice on Sunday. I got well, that from you, Raven. As far as what they, as far as, what they uh, as far as Vivek, the difference is he is a, a, a different generation. I don't agree with much of his platform, but he's energetic. 
and he represents a change from the establishment mentality of Republican thinking. You know, he represents of going, hey, America first. He's the only one on that stage who was talking about America first. Everybody else is talking about Israel, Ukraine, um, immigrants, Democrats. He's the only one who's given, I don't like his policies, but he's the only one who's given some strategies of how he intends to change this. That's forward thinking. I like that from you, Raven. All right. Well, we will be interested to talk with you next week after that debate's over and see. I think you're still going to be 100% all in for Trump. And that's why I like you, Raven. You are principled. Um, all right. So yeah. uh, coming up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, we've got What's Hot with Hannah. Oh, the woes of a lottery winner. Yes. <laughs> and do we feel sorry for them? I will still buy a ticket around Christmas time. I always have hope. Only if the pot's big enough. <laughs> All right. Up next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. It is 725-ish, which means it's It's 725. Congratulations. Yay. And that means it's time for What's Hot with Hannah. All right, Stephanie, you obviously have never won the lottery before because you're here with us this morning. I know. Morning. I would be long gone. I'd be back in bed. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if I've ever won more than like 50 bucks you had on a, a lottery member ticket. that won a big sum you told us about, like 500 bucks or? Yeah. Uh, my little brother, when he was like probably nine (laughs) christmas scratchers yeah that's big time though 500 bucks is oh yeah he was super excited until my parents broke the news to him that he had to split it with me and (laughs) he was less excited at that point they didn't say that he had to split it with them because that's that if my kids win i'm i'm taking some of that no i mean grandma bought the lottery ticket so Uh, you know fair uh but this guy in north carolina he's having a little bit of a, a problem with his lottery winnings. Um, he won over a quarter of a million dollars on a scratch-off ticket that he bought because he found a penny heads up on the ground. And he always heard that that was good luck. So he decided to buy a scratcher. That sounds made up. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> well, he won. He knew he won 60000 He didn't realize, based off of like the multiplier on the scratch-off, that he won 260000 Wow. Uh, the only problem is his mom doesn't believe that he won that much money, and he's having a really hard time convincing her that he won this amount of money uh, because I guess he plays Halloween pranks on his mom every year, and so she is 110% convinced that he is messing with her, um, and he's doing everything he can to try to convince her Nothing's working, so he's saying that he's going to take her to Hawaii because that's the only place she's ever wanted to travel to. And maybe then she will believe that he won over a quarter of a million dollars. You know who will believe that he won? The IRS, because they're going to want their 50% right off the top. Is that how much they take? Like, I've always heard that you pay out the rear end on taxes when you win big, but is it really 50%? Between between the state and local taxes, it's nearly 50% on a quarter of a million dollars. So are you, and then the other question I always have, and I debate in my mind, do you do the lump sum or the overtime? Mark, what? what? Lump sum, always. Why? Uh, Time value of money. It's just worth more. 
<laughs> and like, I guess you could get hit by a truck like tomorrow, right? So yeah, you might but, take the money now. But you know, like when the, was it, I don't know, a couple, well, last month when it was $1.5 billion? Something like something that. Something like that. I think at, at the point it was $1.5 the lump sum was $800 million. And after taxes, it meant you ended up with about $400 million cash. That is generational, like life-changing money, though. But so the government gives you the money and then they take it back? That seems unfair. Welcome yeah. to America. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they don't do that in the European countries where they have like the Irish sweepstakes. That's and all. Those are tax free. Those are tax free. Wow. Yep. Well, uh, kudos to Southern Boone because I heard a story from little Amelia last week and she said, Mom, we're learning about um, about taxes. And so today we all got a little packet full of um, cheese balls. And <laughs> the first six cheese balls had to go to the teacher. And then... Every time we wanted to eat a cheese ball, I had to give the teacher two cheese balls for every one that I wanted to eat. And I think that was, and I said, well, how many cheese balls in the end did you end up eating? And she said, like, seven out of the whole thing. And I said, that, that's a pretty good way to teach kids about the government taking pretty much half. You know, it's a universal human experience when you get your first job and you're looking at your first pay stub and realizing how much the government took and just that feeling of sadness. And, and you don't think about the car tax, the property tax, the sales tax. I mean, they hit you coming and going. There's well, and she also said that the teacher took the cheese balls and threw it in the trash. And I said, yeah, uh, that's that's what I feel the government does with my money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, uh, I'm turning the show over to Saying whatever we want. Wake up mid-Missouri. Welcome back to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Sitting in the big chair, it's Mark Ellinger. Wow, I feel a little weird doing this, Brian, but thanks to Stephanie for turning the reins over to me. Uh, You're doing a great job. I didn't think about the fact that you would say the show name so incorrect. <laughs> oh, my heart. Oh, I crushed it here. Look at that. Jeez. You're doing so you're bad. Doing, you're Already doing great. Kicked off the show within like 30 seconds right there. <laughs> Watch out, counselor. <laughs> you're doing just fine. It's, it's not an admission. You. Let me give it that way. Man. Hey, you're doing great. Well, doing hey, great. Uh, it's great to be here. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about national issues all the time, but sometimes there's really important local issues that go on too. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. there was some testimony at the Columbia City Council, what, Monday night, I yes. guess, about a uh, proposed or a discussion about an LGBTQ sanctuary city. And that's now kind of blown up into maybe a little bit bigger issue here in Columbia. And Brian, I know you've been reporting on yes. it. What, what exactly is happening now up in Columbia? Well, what's happening in Columbia, uh, Mark, is the, you're exactly right, it was testimony on Monday. I think it's very important to note it was not an action item. I have not, and I've made the decision not to put their proposed ordinance up on the website because the proposal from the Mizzou Democratic Socialists of America, even supporters tell me it's going to be changed, probably into almost changed entirely. So we, we just know it's going to be an ordinance involving LGBT residents. There's a lot of stuff in there that'll probably be taken out. All these proposals that go before the council have to be rewarded and they have to go through uh, legal as well. So I did check with Sydney Olson yesterday, Mark. She says two things. The Basically, the legal department is reviewing it right now. That's the big deal. The Human Rights Commission is too. So Columbia has a Human Rights Commission. That's more of a... Um, 
that say more of a formality than anything else. It's the legal department really is the key. And then Sydney says that the basically they being the city legal department and the Human Rights Commission will bring something back to council as soon as possible. No doubt it'll be re- retweaked. I can't tell you exactly what it's going to say. I don't know if it'll be on time to be at the next meeting, which will be uh, here in less than two weeks. But you know, Channel 17, our news partner, interviewed um, several people last night at the Human Rights Commission. I did watch that piece. Nia Hinson did that. And one of the things that uh, a couple of the people said on camera um, that was not, I did not hear it brought up at the meeting, but they said last night that pe- unless this proposal passes, people will move away from Columbia. And you 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 clearly don't agree with that. Uh, you yeah, I think that's wrong. I will. I will. Do a shout out to a friend of ours and a friend of the show, John Combest, who uh, earlier this year said as a takeaway on this, uh, and, I, and I'm going to quote him for a second, when you see another transgender hero threatens to leave Missouri headline, don't just chuckle, keep on scrolling. Uh, you know, there's such a small number of people that we're talking about. If all of them up and left Columbia because this was so important, we wouldn't notice it. More people would move in that day than moved out. And, and you know, they have to leave the state. I think the real issue here with the sanctuary city has less to do with Columbia and, and more to do with the Democrat socialists of America not liking Republicans and not liking a Republican-run state. Well, and, and, and I think you bring up a very good point. Their, their complaint is really with the state. There, it is no doubt about it. And uh, um, they're, they're critical of, of the governor. They're critical of the, uh, the Republican-controlled legislature. And if you look at their proposed ordinance, um, and I link to their website, I mean, because you're right, they talk about they want to raise the wage for the dining employees at Mizzou to $15 they got a lot of different proposals they've come up with. But if you really look at what they are proposing uh, in this ordinance, they are basically saying to ignore, if this, basically, if this ordinance were to go through, they want Columbia police to ignore, don't enforce the state law that is on the books right now. Um, it could be challenged. It's why I, I, I'm sure the legal department's going to have to take a look at this, and, and we'll see. Now, we could see something as, as simple as... You know, we support LGBTQ, you know, residents. It could be something like that. It could be, it could be a lot more. Theirs is about two pages right now. But, um, you know, outside of Kansas City, uh, they're also, by the way, in the ordinance, they are, the thing they brought forward, they're mad at Branson and Rolla. But again, that's, none of those are even in the listening area. Are they going to do like a travel ban? (laughs) You know, California was so upset when states like Missouri, et cetera, did the, uh, you know, some of these restrictions on transgender. And, and other things. California did that travel ban. They did. Oh, yeah. Uh, and now that all their football teams are moving into like the Big Ten and the Big 12, uh, they've repealed their travel ban now. Uh, and maybe what Columbia is going to do is have a travel ban on going to Branson or Rolla or, or Jeff City, I guess, for that matter. I mean, it's not what like Jeff City. Prote- what about the protections that are already built into law? For not just people who are trans, but people who could be subject to any kind of hate crimes. It seems like this is technically really on the books for these individuals. Mark, you're an attorney. That's a very, it, a very good point. I mean, look, this is this is really just virtue signaling. I mean, that's all it is. They're trying to make a point that they don't like the policies. The law protects them. They have all the free speech rights they want. They have all the ability to do it, to talk about and do anything. They can't truly be discriminated against for what their beliefs are. Um, and, you know, the only issue it seems like that has brought this to the forefront in Missouri is the deal with transgender surgeries for children. 
Right. And and if that's what they want to have sanctuary cities for, then then I'll go back to like what John Combest said. Hey, I don't know what made you take the final step to leave Missouri, but don't let the door hit you on the way out. And the only other thing I would I would add, and 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 you know, the surgeries are mentioned in their proposal, but it, it's not as much. And in, in you you mentioned free speech because when Mel Tully testified this week, he is Mel is the you know the chair, if you will, the Mizzou Democratic Socialists of of America. He mentioned here that their right to gender-affirming health care, their rights to free speech and expression. Tully mentioned several times that rights to free speech and express expression. So that's a, that's a big part of what they they are talking about. Um, I do think it's also important to note that they did have. I would say it was hard to tell because I, you know watching on the video camera and the feed was cutting out too. I think so many people were watching. Probably 25 to 30, which for an issue that, you know, of a town of size of Columbia, but for an issue, just one issue, it is, it is a lot. Um, they'll present something, it'll go before the council, and who knows? It'll have to be introduced. It'll have to, first of all, you know, go through the legal process, then be introduced. I wouldn't expect it to go to a council for a vote any earlier than December. That's just my gut. And, and I'm curious, you know, since it was the Mizzou Democrats Socialists of America, yes. how many of these people are what we would traditionally call Columbia residents and how many of the folks that showed up are just students that are energized because they're on a liberal college campus and they want to come flowing over to make a statement in protest you know for something it, you know the if you look at their website uh, I did and I did and, and and they've got a this is their number one priority but the dining hall issue is there as well they describe themselves as a big tent for liberal uh, I big <laughs> liberal ideas basically um, they they blast capitalism they, they've believe in the the working class they're in favor of unions i mean they go on and on about the the issues that they talk about but they do say that one of the things they want to do is send people to and, and i'm sure they've done this send people to jefferson city to speak out against what they call hateful bills so um but but a lot of them are from other towns they're going to school here but they do you know they do live here um and um and we'll see they have been around for a while they've just become uh, I've noticed they become more active. They marched, had a couple of marches this summer, um, and it was about this very issue. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Real quick, Mark, just very quickly on the Columbia Police Chief. I also checked with Sydney, and she confirms they are still on track to make an announcement for a new police chief in either early to mid November. So here we are, November eighth. We're probably pretty close. Well, I think early November is about gone, and mid November is <laughs> nearly here. I yeah. mean, that's that's got to be coming up soon. I, I do think that uh, it's interesting. You mentioned yes. the the DSA chapter saying that they're a big tent does seem like uh, maybe that's a bit of an oxymoron for liberals these days. Uh, big tent seems to mean we're happy to have you as long as you agree with us. A big tent, it said, for liberal ideas. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it right in front of me, but they, they talk about their platform and stuff, but unions, and uh, that's a big issue to them about these dining employees, but the, the dining hall employees at Mizzou. But that again, the city council has no control over that. That's really at the, at the Mizzou. I mean, I guess they could theoretically pass a resolution, but outside of that, they have no control over what those dining hall employees make. Yeah, I can't see the board of curators kowtowing to the Democrat Socialists of America. I think that train left in 2015 when they kowtowed to the protests before. Uh, thanks, Brian. Thank really you. appreciate the update. Thank Local you, news is so important; we don't get enough of it. I uh, I noticed uh, John that I guess the mayor of Jefferson City is having a open house or get to know the new city administrator who you're going to have on the show on Friday.
Yeah, we're going to have Brian Crane in and a lot of people in Jefferson City, Mark. Remember him from his days on the city council. So he's been around a while. He's a he's a known quantity and came back to Jefferson City from Moberly. Yeah, and I think he went to Holt Summit in the interim between Jeff yeah, City did. and Moberly. So he stayed in mid-Missouri the whole time. It's nice to see kind of a, a hometown guy come back and, and try to help out in our community. For All right. Sure. Well, we're going to we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Look, I I think we need to talk about some of the things that are going on with Planned Parenthood in Missouri. There's a big Supreme Court argument coming up. Not everything happens in D.C. Sometimes it happens in Jeff City. And then in the uh, at the 810, we'll have Rabbi Brigida Rosenberg from St. Louis to talk about what's going on in Israel and the anti-Semitism that just is pervasive uh, around the, around the uh, state of Missouri and across the United States. We'll be right back. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Words do matter when it comes to these guys. Welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Welcome back to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. You're going to hear a lot of that Mid-Missouri stuff here for me. We did not think this through, John. Uh, I know. I, I got I got Scott Fawn, who I guess is going to come in and host tomorrow's show. Oh, already tweeting me saying it's so nice to hear somebody say our state's name properly in the morning. I didn't think about that. We're going to have to listen to that all morning long tomorrow. It, it, it's going to be all Missouri all uh. the time. You gotta love it. Uh, but first, and that would be all. Except for this. What a segue. What's number two on the porch pirate list? Holidays around the corner, of course. So are the porch pirates snapping up your packages off the doorstep. But this one isn't a typical caught-on-security camera porch pirate story. This one includes some rather sweet, stinky revenge. Guy's name is Matt Coates from Portland, Oregon. Said I had something disappear off the porch. I was frustrated. Knew it would happen again, so I filled up a box full of dog poop. An REI box from Large Husky Mario, who who contributed to the effort, left it on the porch, waited for the porch pirate to take the bait. He says, uh, three days later, the porch pirate hit, hit his neighbor's house and stole the holiday light projector that was plugged in off the front lawn. Then he came over and grabbed the bait package, then went to the other neighbor, and that neighbor says the guy got $120 worth of new clothes. They said the, another neighbor found the payback package about four blocks up the street. There was no video of that, but uh, Coach was said to remark the guy apparently had quite the crappy day at work. Oh, oh that's ter- that's the horrible pun there, John. Now you can smell the rest of that story. <laughs> You, you know, know, I thought I thought like the flaming bag of dog poop on somebody's front porch had gone out, and now it's like a Amazon box of dog poop. That's crazy. There you go. Yeah. A couple years ago, there was a guy who went viral online for basically assembling what I would call a glitter bomb, and it was designed like to explode. Basically, if a porch pirate picked it up and you know would explode <clears throat> glitter. All over the uh, the thief. Think about the exploding dog poop box oh. for the uh, porch pilot. Think, that that might think, actually uh, deter future uh, attempts at that house. I don't know. The, our buddies at the ATF have a have a real problem <laughs> with improvised explosives. Whether you make them out of Drano and you know, or Coke and Meadows. 
But I can't believe that they stole the projector, came back and stole the projector out of and somebody's yard. And it was plugged yard. in and running and, and shooting the little, little uh, you know, little Santas on the side of the guy's uh, house. Some people have way too much audacity, I swear. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe people are just putting way too much stuff out in their front yards and not securing it. I mean, golly, you drive yeah. by neighborhoods and now that we're getting into Christmas time, yeah. all you see are these electronic pop-up displays. And uh, I took a walk right before... Uh, uh, Halloween around my neighborhood, and you could hear the motors running from all the inflatable, you know, like pop up uh, ghosts, giant and frosties, and, like, and all that. On, you know, when did we get to the point where we just run extension cords in our yard and run fans all day? I don't know. I, if I had a law partner who owned a trolley company, I think that was probably some pretty good promotion this time of the year. Yeah, there you go. She uh, she could like maybe you know, run through the neighborhood and show the Christmas lights off. Oh, wait a second. I think that's like their biggest thing they do for the trolley. <laughs> well, you know, I actually went on one of those holiday light trolley rides with the family last year. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Probably came through my neighborhood and saw my house and didn't even know it. Oh, is it the one that was covered in eggs? <laughs> it has been egged before, but that's because I had kids that were in high school. But, well, that was because of the stance on the annexation issue. Back in the- uh, yeah, that probably got some eggs, too, you know? But no, actually, recently I had almost a porch pirate situation at my house. Of course, with our wedding registry set up online, it was kind of like Christmas every day when we would come home from work. Because there would be surprise packages sitting on our front step that we didn't know were coming, which was really fun. And we were talking about how that would be one of the things that we would miss most <laughs> after the wedding was no more surprise packages on the front step. But or, your hu- or your husband going to your old address to porch pirate himself. Oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, <laughs> quite, that, was, that was quite a while ago. If yeah. you've got that many packages showing up, you are like, it's a big sign that says, please come and take the <laughs> smorgasbord of gifts. I'd spent a couple hundred dollars on our wedding invitations and accidentally had them shipped to an old apartment that we lived in in jefferson city and i realized way too late and they'd already shipped and so he had to go basically steal my package (laughs) off of the front porch of this apartment can you imagine getting arrested for that you know, well, somebody catches thing. you taking a box and they're like, it's, but they're my wedding invitation. I know. And he couldn't even <laughs> prove it because it was my name on the shipping label and I wasn't with him. But luckily that went without incident. But we had a big Target box show up on our doorstep. And when I picked it up, everything fell out of the bottom of the box. And the tape that they had used was like very cleanly cut all the way down the length of the box that like seals up that middle seam. And I, I assume it looks like someone cut the tape. Sounds like the Amazon guy was not happy that day when he was <laughs> delivering boxes and sliced the tape. And it just—it was way too clean of cruel. a cut to be an accident. And I guess I should just be lucky that they didn't like the bedspread that I had picked out. <laughs> it was still in there, and the box looked normal from the top. But when you picked it up, that's when you noticed it was funky on the bottom. I've I've come home to I've come home to the boxes that are mush because they've sat out in the rain because they didn't set it under the porch and they set it out next to the garage door and it just pours down rain. You try to pick it up and they dissolve in your hands. Yep. Ah, the the vagaries of today's commercial culture. There you go. First world problems. First world problems. Need a big husky would be the solution, I guess. Oh my God! I I thought that childhood went away. Okay, uh, coming up at eight ten, we'll have Rabbi.
uh, Birgitta Rosenberg uh, from the United Hebrew Congregation in St. Louis talk about what's going on in Israel with the Hamas attacks and also the anti-Semitism that we're seeing across Missouri, particularly in St. Louis and across the United States. When we come back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri.